0: announced earlier this month and it plans next year to stop providing digital ad tracking technologies that uniquely identify web users as they move from site to site across the internet. Google's new and amazing move follows Apple's announcement last year that all App Store apps will have to ask users for permission in order to track and share ads across multiple websites. These changes will hand more control to consumers, but they may also fundamentally break the way ad algorithms work. In this edition of Commerce Code, are digital ad algorithms broken? I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on March 19th. This is Commerce Code brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. We've all become practically numb to those annoying digital ads that seem to follow us across the web and also across all of our favorite apps. I'm sure it happens to you when you use Google to search maybe for a new pair of running shoes. The next thing you know, running shoes ads start displaying on your Wall Street Journal website, on that homepage, on your Facebook feed. It's all a bit creepy, isn't it? Sophisticated targeting algorithms make that spooky experience work by tracking your unique ad identifier across multiple digital properties, and they do it all without asking for your permission. That is why two of the biggest providers of these persistent ad identifiers, Apple and Google, well, they're calling it quits. In response to increasing consumer and regulatory concerns about privacy, ad algorithms that track you without your permission, well, they have their days numbered. There's a new breed of sophisticated targeting that has grown up to take the place of those old types of ads. These new ads are opt-in ads, where a consumer gives permission to have their data, especially their payment and purchase data, tracked so that the ad platform can target ads based on the consumer's past spending. These opt-in ads go by many, many names, including card-linked offers, CLOs, card-linked marketing, and payment-linked marketing. But the thing they all have in common is that they're opt-in and the consumer gives permission. Today on the show, we speak with Omar Rafi, the CEO and founder of Crowd. The company develops algorithms for banks ad platforms that use card linking. We discuss whether their ad algorithms still work in this new age of commerce and how algorithms are leveling the playing field for big companies and small merchants. Good morning, Omar, how are you? Yeah, well thanks, Sylvia, and yourself? I'm doing great. And it's wonderful to have you back on the podcast. You've spoken on the podcast before. Now, you're in London. And of course, London historically has been really the financial center of Europe. And Crowd works with many banks and also with many commerce apps. And one of the key things you guys do is develop targeting algorithms that enable these companies to match the right consumer with the right offer from a specific merchant. With all of the changes in how people shop in the past year, do these matching and targeting algorithms that you and others have developed for banks for their card-linked offer programs, do those targeting algorithms still work?
1: Very good question. Online spend rocketed up. I think I remember when it first hit, we were seeing 7X increases in spend at online supermarkets. It's definitely a trend that I think is gonna stay. But has it impacted the way our algorithms work? No, because our algorithms are always self-learning. Our algorithms pick up any behaviors that customers are engaging in. And if there's a change in those behaviors, then it'll all be picked up and taken into account accordingly but a lot of behaviors have sort of been forced upon customers the online spend we have no choice these days right i mean we're kind of stuck at home so you know you're you're forced to shop online so i guess the question is not so much do our algorithms work are those trends going to still be valid post lockdown that's going to be the risk it's just i believe that we're going to see some return to offline and we're quite excited to see how that pans out
0: I agree with you. And we're definitely hearing that from our companies around the world that we're starting to see a resurgence in in-store slash offline spend. What else do you think is going to be driving offline spend, in-store spend beyond people just wanting to just get out of their homes after a very
1: long lockdown? So there's definite pent-up demand. People want to go out, they want to see their friends, they want to interact, they want to socialize. But beyond that, there's actually an interesting trend where consumers are actively looking to support local businesses. So what we're seeing, especially from some interesting surveys that we've seen out in the market, is that up to three quarters of customers are looking to actively spend more in their local businesses than they have in the past. And it's primarily to do with supporting the economy, supporting local economies. And as you may know, 50% of employees are working at small businesses. Roughly 50% of the GDP of, of developed economies comes from small businesses. So to see how badly they were impacted, I think people have recognized that and are looking to to actively go out and support their small local shops.
0: Yeah, that is a really enduring change that we're seeing after, you know, probably the last decade of just everything going big when it comes to shopping, people shifting a lot of their online purchases to mega sites like Amazon. Now we're seeing consumers say, hey, I want to practice commerce with a conscience and I want to support My local business, my local bakery, my local coffee shop. That being said, a lot of these SMBs, small and medium-sized businesses, they haven't been all that sophisticated in using digital techniques to target and acquire customers. They haven't seen a lot of personalization. Why has it been so hard for this sector to use
1: personalization and really targeted customer acquisition? A lot of consumers, even if they shop offline and locally, they do try to find some information on the brands that they're going to shop at. Typically that comes from digital sources, right? It's online reviews, it's it's blogs, it's catalogs, and not all merchants are very adept to those mediums to communicate with customers. The issue that you also see is that if you look at, for example, personalization in, in the card linking space, and of course, typically relies a lot on the transaction data. And if you look at small businesses and the level of transaction data that you see there compared to the large businesses that you just mentioned, it's just not comparable And being able to create an algorithm that can understand customer behaviors, when there's not a lot of data, it's difficult. And we've been going around trying to augment the transaction data that we see at small businesses, which at least gives us insights into where customers are spending, but very little insights into why they're spending there by looking at publicly available information. So we're actually kind of doing that research that customers would typically do themselves. We're doing it on their behalf, but then analyzing millions and millions and tens of millions of data points in a very efficient way so that when the customer is approached by that small merchant through their bank, for example, it's actually something that is very relevant to them and very personalized to them as well.
0: Now, you talked some about how you work with big banks to help them target the right offer to the right consumer and personalize it. But let me flip the question and just ask about what you do for small and medium-sized businesses, You know, that local
1: high street shop. How are you specifically helping them with your technology? Yeah. So it's something that we've been focused a lot on this year. We were always big on small businesses, but this year is on the top of our agenda. And for more than one reason, but Primarily, actually, to get into the supporting the small business initiative. So what we're looking to build this year, and we're actually in the process of it at the moment, is a large PR initiative on how to support your small businesses. And the idea is beyond the PR is to take that awareness that we're trying to drive amongst customers around spending at their local businesses is to help those businesses to actually reach the customers through the channels that we have and the banking partnerships that we have and that we're continually building on. With the power of being able to reach millions of customers through our financial institution partners and being able to personalize it with our technology, I think it's going to be very helpful and very powerful for merchants to really bounce back from the terrible impact that the pandemic had on them.
0: And Omar, let me ask you, what is your idea of what happens next for SMBs and small merchants? You operate in a lot of different markets, including the United Kingdom, a number of the big Middle Eastern economies, as well as uh, some of the big Asian economies, including India. And as you mentioned, a lot of small businesses are hurting and have been hurt really, really badly by the pandemic. Are they going to make it? Does the future look brighter? And are you starting to see things really turn around? What's your forecast for 2021, for SMBs.
1: I mean, it all depends on how this pandemic is going to pan out. I don't think anybody expected last March that we'd still be in lockdown today. But it looks like things are going in the right direction. We've seen that customers sort of flocked back to small businesses and to restaurants and to go out to the cinemas, etc. I think it's looking like it's going to be good. I think they need as much support as they can get. And we're here to support them. And I think there's a lot of organizations that are ready to support them. But with the right tools and by helping them to digitize and reach the right customers at the right time, time at the right place, I'm sure that we'll see a strong bounce back in the small business sector. And it's here to stay. And Omar,
0: one last question before I let you go. You know, in Europe, it has been a tale of two cities more recently. As we look on the main continental economies, including France, Germany, those markets on the continent have started to see a pretty significant rebound in consumer spending, but it's not been the same in the UK with significant contractions in the economy and lower spending. Is that because of Brexit, or is it because of this new strain of the virus? What why do you you think that UK all of a sudden is hurting more? and do you expect that difference between what's happening in the UK and the rest of the continent to continue?
1: I mean, I think it has to do with the way that the different economies or the different governments handled lockdown. I think the UK was one of the strictest. All non-essential stores have been shut. I think when things open up and there's a very positive and sort of hopeful strategy to opening up in the next few months, and I think by June, if all goes well, it will be relatively sort of business as usual. I'm sure you'll see that the spends are going to come back. There's nothing structurally that would make the UK have lower spends or contractions that you know Europe wouldn't see. I think it's very much, just around how the economy was managed and how the country was managed from a lockdown perspective. So I'm I'm expecting a strong bounce back in the UK economy for sure.
0: Well, thank you, Omar. Really appreciate your insights and for joining us on the Commerce Code today.
1: Thanks for having me. And I'm looking forward to the next event.
0: Thank you, Omar. That's Omar Rafi, the CEO and founder (laughs) of Crowd, based in London, United Kingdom. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on digital ads and algorithms. We've all known for some time that the way ads track you without your permission, well, that was eventually going to have to change. It's clear that we're entering a new era of digital commerce where consumer privacy and enhanced control over personal data, well, that's going to become the rule rather than the exception. The current exception gaining significant traction right now is consumer opt-in in in card-linked or payment-linked ads. This new ad unit is gaining incredible scale, hundreds and hundreds of millions of consumers. And guess what? The companies adopting it are the very same ones that have announced they're going to abandon those old persistent digital ad identifiers. For example, Apple has been promoting card-linked ads on its mobile wallet, Apple Pay, and on the Apple Card. Google recently launched in November Google Pay card-linked offers on its mobile wallet. So it's definitely not the end of sophisticated digital ad algorithms. It's just a new beginning with more consumer control and more consumer privacy. And that is a very good thing, not just for consumers, but for all the companies in the ecosystem. And if you want to learn more about digital ads and the rapidly growing card linking ecosystem, check out our website, digcomall.org. That's digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off.